Okay, hello. Welcome to episode 142, I think is this episode. Uh, I don't have my notes on me right now, actually. So, kind of just doing this ad-lib. Um, well, uh, this, like just like last episode, is right before the game. So, we're about to play the Charlotte Hornets in about uh, 15 or so minutes. Just wanted to quickly um, get some you know, thoughts and maybe a bit of a preview before the game. Uh, so... Um, for the Kings, the starting lineup, because Rashawn Holmes is out, is going to be Fox, Halliburton, uh, Terrence Davis, Harrison Barnes, and Alex Len. On the Charlotte Hornets side, it is a bit of a roller coaster. It's uh, Cody Martin, Kelly Oubre, Gordon Hayward, Miles Bridges, and Vernon Carey Jr. I don't know who Vernon Carey Jr. is, but that's the, apparently their starting center, but like... I'm looking at that starting lineup, and I'm seeing a lot of length. I'm, I'm not sure what how tall Cody Martin is. I think he is relatively like kind of wingish um, height. And Kelly Oubre, Gordon Hayward, Miles Bridges, all basically like threes and or fours. So this will be an interesting game. Of course, there is a so Lamelo is out. It looks like PJ Washington's going to be out too. He's actually listed as doubtful for this game. Man. Right now, um, I'm seeing that the starting line does not include him, so I was, I'm just going to assume he's out. Ish Smith is out, Nick Richards um, is out. I believe that was their starting center, I believe, or like their backup center. Mason Plumley, Jalen McDaniels, Rogier, and LaMelo. La, la, LaMelo Ball is also out. Well, apparently, LaVar Ball said Michael Jordan can't teach him shit because he, he ain't won a lot of rings in recent times. That was a bit of a riot. Anyways, um, this will be an interesting game to say the least. Uh, the Charlotte Hornets have actually been in some pretty tough games as of late. I think they just lost, um, just lost the 76ers to, in a four-point game. And right before that, they faced the 76ers in, in a loss, which was a three-point game in overtime. So they've been c- close. It's not like they're falling apart or anything. Like they're a tough, they're a tough team. So it's not like I'm looking at the stat or the betting odds right now, and apparently the Kings are favored, forty or fifty-four point nine percent chance of winning. Now I don't know how much to take into that, <laughs> to be honest. But like you can never, never put your bet on the Kings. I'll just say that. Like I know basically most of the most of the Hornets' uh, starting lineup is out. But that is no that is no time to take it easy. And hopefully the Kings have the same mentality. As it stands right now, kinda of looking kinda of looking forward to this game. Let's see if the Kings can kind of keep up their momentum, win four in a row. Um and you know, cause the next apparently they're gonna go on a back-to-back. And uh that's gonna be interesting. Um against Cleveland, because Cleveland is good this year. They're a very defensively minded team and you know, all the prayers up to um, Colin Sexton. Hold on. <laughs> oh, bless me. Oh, I had to sneeze there. But, um, you know, no, no disrespect to him. And prayers up to him hopefully makes a full recovery. But Colin Sexton being out of lineup probably helps them a little bit just because, you know, him and Darius Garland, they probably will have to make a decision on one of those guys at some point. Like, we're seeing, you know, Dame and CJ, like, their runs coming to an end. You simply can't have two small guards start in your backcourt. And, I mean, the one time it kind it kind of worked was when they had Lowry and Van Vliet, although I think Van Vliet came off the bench. I don't remember. But, 
you just you just can't really do that. And you know, Colin Sexton they didn't give him the extension. They might give they might still give him the extension, but honestly, they probably need to make a choice. And it looks like Garland's probably gonna be the guy they should go with. I know like Cavs fans love Colin Sexton, and you know, God you know, God forbid if he's on the Kings, I we would love him too. Like the guy is a doll. But Darius Garland looks like the guy you should go with. And um, you know, their defense is just nasty, despite the fact that they start Lowry Market and small forward. I, I don't I would not expect us to win that game for sure. So it's important that the that you know the Kings kind of get kind of get their take take advantage of their breaks if you will. You have essentially the, the almost the entire starting line of the Charlotte Hornets missing. Um, so you sh- they should take advantage and try and win this game and try and I don't even want to say get an easy one, but this is basically right there for the taking. They got to take it. So yeah, let's hope that happens. Uh, Next time you'll hear me will be after the game, and I will be reviewing. Uh, and uh, by the time you hear this episode, it'll probably by it'll probably be Saturday night because I it is a back to back. So planning on probably just um, combining these two episodes together and just publishing them all as one big old episode. Okay, uh, next time you hear me, um, you or I will be talking about the end of the Charlotte game. Okay, where to even start? <laughs> Kings lose to the Hornets 124 to 123. Okay, well let's uh let's start here. Um, it was a complete shootout for the most part. The defense was optional for much of the game. The Kings had the advantage actually for much of the game. They were just they were hitting a lot of threes while the Hornets were destroying them in the paint. But um, going into, a, you know, in the middle of the third, the Kings actually got control. It was looking really nice on the Kings' part. But in typical Kings fashion, they start letting, they start kind of letting the team hang around. They don't go for the kill, like when they had the chance. And they slowly kind of just hang around and then they creep in with some big shots. And in this game, that guy was James Booknight. Now, for those of you that were paying attention to me during the draft analysis, I was actually pretty high on uh, James Booknight. Um, I just thought he would provide, you know, some very nice scoring, and you know, he has some defensive potential there. But so far in his career, he had not been playing well. However, that changed tonight. So before this game, he was one of five from three. He was six of eight from three this game. And his previous career high was eleven points in was 11 points actually against Philadelphia and in that game he he was one of two from three but when you play the Kings you just sometimes you just get open and you you know you just go off and yeah he went six of eight from three for 24 points and he basically kind of gave the uh, Hornets of the boost to take the lead kind of going into the fourth now of course that wasn't the end of the world but it was kind of the crucial swing of the game now, in the fourth, um, the lead, for the most part, it was led uh, by the Hornets for much of the quarter, but but kind of in the Hornets fashion on the other end as well, um, they kind of let the Kings kind of hang around. And as soon as De'Aaron Fox checked in, he just kind of got whatever he wanted. He actually played an amazing game, 31 points, um, 31 points, five assists, uh, two only two rebounds, eight of 10 from the free throw line. And 
unfortunately, we'll talk about the two missed free throws in a bit. But he was really uh, amazing this game, and he kind of kind of carried the uh, the Kings in the fourth. Like the one positive, one of the positives I want I want coming out of this game is that De'Aaron Fox is aggressive and he's getting foul calls and he's he's looking more and more like you know the Fox that we remember from last year, and that is something to kind of be look, looking forward to. Um, an interesting stat that I found in the first half, the Kings actually shot what was it ten of twenty two from three. They ended, they ended the game 14 of 41. So it's kind of one of those things where shots stopped falling for the Kings and they just, they didn't have a defense to kind of fall back on. They just, re- although they did turn it on a little bit in the, in the fourth, but it just, they stopped making shots and the Hornets started making shots. And that was kind of the, the crux of the, of kind of how the game swung. So um, going into the fourth quarter, I'll just talk about kind of the final sequence. It was a very back and forth, back and forth game, and with one minute to go, uh, De'Aaron Fox hits a jumper. Actually, let me get the specific timestamp. Let's see. Okay, yes, just under a minute to go. Um, De'Aaron Fox gets, gets, uh, I think it was Miles Bridges switched on him, steps back for a jumper, and it rolls in. Uh, Kings lead by one, 121-120. On the other side, the Kings actually get a pretty good defensive, uh, possession. Like, they deflect the ball out of, I forgot whose hands, I think it was, I think it was Miles Bridges. He was very turnover prone in this game. Um, kind of steals the ball from Miles Bridges. It, it kind of bounces to Gordon Hayward, and he manages to secure the ball, Get to the Cody Martin with the time with time winding down, and he just throws up a 26 foot three that happens to go in over TD. I didn't mind the defense. I'll just say that like he, he hit a he hit a tough shot. TD was right there, and he just happened and it just kind of happened to go in. Let me just check something real quick. Miles Bridges only had four turnovers. That's interesting. They only have way more. But um, okay, come back down on the other end. De'Aaron Fox gets fouled, makes both free throws. On the other end, um, they run a they run a defensive play, or or uh, Kings are on defense. Um, they basically play decent enough defense, but at the end, TD fouls Cody Martin on an and one. Alvin Gentry challenges the foul, and it was really weird how it turned out. So I believe the Kings were in the bonus, so I think that's why it turned into free throws. But he challenges the and one is waved off, but instead Cody Martin gets two free throws. So Cody Martin misses the first, makes the second. Come, De'Aaron Fox gets the ball coming down court. Cody Martin fouls him, thinking they have a foul to give. Um, Kings are down down one right now. De'Aaron Fox misses the first free throw. He misses the second free throw. Um, Marvin tries to tip it in, then TD tries to tip it in. And no go. Uh, Kings lose this game in very heartbreaking fashion, unfortunately. And it kind of does wipe away the great game that um, De'Aaron was having. You know, just... You know, he was 8 for 8 from the free throw line, and unfortunately, the two free throws he missed just happened to be the game-winning free throws. Again, heartbreaking fashion to lose, and uh, yeah, um, Kings lose to a Hornets team that was missing 7 players, but I will bring up the fact that, honestly, like, a good chunk of those players, other than, say, LaMelo Ball, are actually good. I know it sounds like I'm kind of, you know, making excuses for, you know, the Kings, but... 
Like, you know, some people were saying this could be the worst loss of the season. I don't think so. I think it's still going to be the uh, Philadelphia one because that legitimately didn't have anyone. Like, so in this game, the only two guys that you can really, like, point to that, you know, are positive players for the, for the Hornets are LaMelo Ball and P.J. Washington. Like, Nick Richards, like, I don't, I don't know. I don't think he's any good. Ish Smith is kind of a kind of an important um, off the bench score, but you know if he plays, I doubt James Booknight plays. Jalen McDaniels, whatever. Mason Plumlee's been pretty bad. Rogier Rogier is an is an interesting one. He he probably helps the Hornets Hornets in this game, but like Lamelo Ball and you know PJ Washington are the only two guys I'm like that are like let's just say positive players in my mind. So it's, I don't think it's like the worst loss of the season. Again, Philly just sticks out in my mind um, being the worst. And I don't think there's anywhere near it. So I, I, I didn't overreact so much to this game. But you look at the score, like this is the game you could have had. And, you know, if you were just a little better on defense and, you know, we'll talk about the offense a little bit. Like you easily could have stolen this game and, you know, you could have gone into Cleveland with some momentum. Now it's going to be tough going forward, but let's get back to the game real quick. I have a, I have a, some, my summary for this game is just that it like the Kings really didn't deserve to win this one. I thought like they, they played, well, it wasn't even so much of how the players played, but we'll get to the guy that I really sticks out to me. Buddy healed this game. Buddy Hill started, I believe, four of seven. James Ham had a stat out. He had a stat. So he started the game four, five of nine. And I remember in the fourth, first quarter, he was four of seven. He finished the game six for 19. His one bucket after the five of nine start was a dunk, was a wide open dunk um, after a De'Aaron Fox steal. And this is the part that really kind of pissed me off and honestly like makes me want to get on the train of firing Alvin is going to keep doing this shit because now we know it's not a loop thing and it is that it is that he keeps playing buddy heel like he was bad this game now Grant's hit on offense I thought for the most part he was fine he wasn't there was there's only one like really bad three that I thought he threw up but other than that, I thought he was actually okay on offense. The problem with him is that he cannot hit open shots to save his life right now. And it's it's just bizarre. Like, and then you have you add to the issues with him on defense. Like he's just giving up points left and right. And somehow he only ended up, I think, a minus four this game. Let me look at his stats real quick. Buddy. He ended up a minus two. And that minus two is so misleading just because. Like, I just feel he hurts the team so much on defense. Like, with we talk about James Booknight. James Booknight had an ISO that was, that, you know, led to a huge three that, again, kind of propelled them to come back in this game. Like, for whatever reason, like, the Kings didn't have, you know, Davion Mitchell just put him in a straitjacket for pretty much the entire game. Like, they just, like, and Davion did a good job on James Booknight when he was on him. He, I mean, he did give up a backdoor cut on on one play but like overall like as soon as as soon as like James Booknight gets the ball he's scared to attack Davion at this point and like that's that's the kind of thing I want to talk about like why not just sub in Davion for for Buddy now Alvin after the game 
this is a quote straight uh, from him. He's all uh, about, you know, not benching but heel. He's always a threat to be out there. He creates space, as we talked about. He's going through a tough time right now. He's not shooting the ball well, but he's always going to be a threat to shoot it. And that was his justification for keeping Buddy Heel out there. Now, mind you, Buddy Heel checked in in the third quarter at 547. Or 534, sorry. And he never left the court after that. There was even a really weird stretch. So, um, the Kings ran a weird small ball small ball lineup with Marvin at center. I'm guessing Buddy Heel as a power forward and TD, Halliburton, and Fox. And I... I think so. I was actually really annoyed during the game because why was because Harrison Barnes was in that lineup for a bit. I think he was he came in for uh, or TD came in for him, and I don't and I guess he maybe like felt something because he wasn't on the bench. But like you could have easily subbed out Buddy for Harrison, and I highly doubt you lose anything. Hell, just subbing in for Davion Mitchell. The guy's just not playing well, and then he's giving you nothing on defense. And it's just, and then he can't make up for it with his offense. Like at some point, you you need to bench the guy, and he's just, he, he's just not doing anything out there for you. And like you know, the, I you know just going, I guess playing devil's advocate in a way. Like this this could be a silver lining, like to say that there need you know I've been I've been saying like this team needs a, needs a big change. Like a lot of people are saying it. Like they need some like a change to break up this core. And just, you know, make a big trade to bring someone else in for, honestly, just some fresh air. Like, the Kings losing this game, uh, for a lot of, uh, for a big reason of it was keeping Buddy Heal out there. Like, the Kings just need, just need to trade Buddy Heal for the sake of just, so Alvin or Luke or whoever the fuck is actually advocating for him to be out there to just stop playing him. Because it, it's not going to happen voluntarily. It just doesn't look like it. And it, it's so frustrating. Like, again, he did good things out there, but it's just so jarring when, like, you see, like, the guy he guards usually will go off in one way or the other. And he's not giving you anything on the other end. And it's just, why do you keep playing him? Like, at, at a certain point, you just have to pull the trigger. Like, just put Davion out there for, you know, just a little bit more defense, something. It's, just, it's not working. And, he, you know, I think Alvin just needs to not even take a look just say fuck it at this point like the two games that we won or three games that we won not a lot of buddy healed involvement in fact very limited minutes like you know just over 20 he played 31 this game and terrence davis only played 22 who was was okay like granted he didn't shoot that well either but at least he's not a complete sieve like just a complete matador on defense it's been it's just frustrating and yeah, but I'm just advocating for honestly, just honestly, just salary dumping buddy at this point. Cause like I don't know what you're gonna get from him with his big salary. He has value around the league, but I don't know, I don't know if it's gonna give us anything substantial. And honestly, just just trade him. Almost for the sake of trading him. Because at this point, I'm I'm so done with Buddy. Like, like res- uh, all the respect to, to him, like no disrespect to him, but I- I'm done. Like he needs a new situation. The Kings could probably just move on without him, and may, may, and hopefully the Kings are better because because I'm so. It's just why do you keep playing him? Um, another kind of interesting thing before before I kind of end this section. Um, you know there was a weird again a weird lineup with Marvin at the five, uh, Fox, Buddy, uh, TD, and Halliburton out there. 
And for whatever reason, like one of the big complaints I've seen online is that why don't they run more screening roles with Marvin? Right? He te- he theoretically has the tools to be a great role man, but the one of the one of the reasons why is because they always have Marvin as the spacer, as the four, just standing, usually standing in the corner to try and space the floor. And then they run a screen and roll with the with the five, which is either Alex Len, Rashawn Holmes, or uh, Tristan Thompson. But weirdly enough, like you know, Marvin's the five. Like at that point, have him screen for you. See see what you can get. Like you know, pick and roll with Fox. Like they probably would end up doubling Fox this game because Fox was slicing them up, and just you know, see what you can create from that. But Alvin just didn't run it run it like that. And, Maybe it's a time. Maybe it's like they just need to tell Marvin to do it. But like, I, it was weird why they didn't run it. And you know, you got to point to the coaching staff for that, probably. And it maybe even players for not running it more. Like, run a run a Tyrese uh, Marvin Marvin pick and roll. That's a that has very interesting implications. You know. Um, other than that, like, I mean, just the just the deflating loss. A game you definitely should have won, <laughs> and. But, you know, to just be a little crazy, it's the, I guess, to look at the silver lining, this is good, this, hopefully this loss pushes the Kings, you know, pushes their urgency a little bit more, and they're gonna make a change, and whether or not that's Ben Simmons, who knows, apparently there's a report, Woj reported that there's been, there's been movement on the uh, Ben Simmons front, and they're progressing towards something, now it doesn't specify with what team, I think they did mention something about a three-team trade, but, you know, Maybe there's something brewing. Like, I would love Ben Simmons in Sacramento. As long as you don't give up to too many substantial parts. Like, um, just something just something needs to change for this Kings team. And yes, it's a deflating loss. And it sucks because you definitely should have won this one. Or not definitely. You should have won this one. Now you go into Cleveland. And then I think it's Toronto after that. And that, those games are going to be rough. And, uh... Yeah, I, so like this is where you could have stolen a win, and instead you're going into, you know, Cleveland tomorrow against a very tough Cleveland team, and I have no, I have very little faith that they're gonna be able to come out strong and win that game. I'll just say that. So, yeah, we'll see. But this is this this might, you know, again the silver lining. This might push the Kings with more urgency to make a trade that's gonna, you know, um, shake up this team, and we'll see what that trade is. Okay, the next time you're going to hear me, it's going to be me talking about the Cleveland game. Um, They start three centers, and let's see how Alvin decides to counteract that. Let's see. Okay, well, fuck me. That That was a tough watch, to say the least. Um... Although they did kind of make up for it a little bit by the end, at least at least for me, uh, just because to see them to fight the way they did. But um, so the Kings just um, finished playing the Cavs um, in Cleveland, and they got absolutely dog walked for much of the game. But unfortunately, we have to kind of start with the dog walking. Um, Kings basically came out um, sloppy to say the least. Um, they opened with a turnover and. Then it goes to the other end, and the defense was terrible. And one guy that just stood out to me, it's not Buddy Heal this time on defense, it's De'Aaron Fox. My fucking 
god, I had not seen that bad of defense in a while. It legitimately got me smashing my fists together. It was that frustrating to watch. One thing he would try to do is like, he would try to essentially try and go for the steal, try to like basically kind of essentially give the guy a lane and then try and steal it from them. And it just did not work the entire like first half. Like the the best example, the best like uh, clips I can point you to is just watch him guard Isaac Okoro. Isaac literally just dribbled the ball in a straight line, picked up the ball, and De'Aaron would just do these weird ass moves where he would just get out of the way. And I don't even know if he's trying to make a play. And then, and then like Darius Garland just let him walk right to his spot or right to the rim, like with no resistance. And and we'll get to it a little bit, but you watch Davion guard guard like Darius Garland, like he's like you know he's physical, he's all up in him, and. The opposite is Fox, and it's so frustrating to watch because you know Fox can do better. And that's, and unfortunately, that kind of set the tone for, for much of the game. There was no real defense, and like on the other side, like, you know, um, three pointers weren't going down. And then they tried to drive to the rim. Fox tried, tried. He tried. I'll give him, I'll give him credit for that. He tried to go to the rim and draw fouls, but it just did not work because the the uh, refs just didn't give him any love and it was just brutal and then you add to that the defense it was just fox was fucking terrible to watch this game and I, like i mean like during the during you know the, during this lambasting uh king's twitter was pretty much on fire just trade everyone and honestly like for a moment i was just like you know what just ship his ass out like that's how bad he was playing and this, and this, mind you, he was the really one of the only guys that was scoring in the first half. It was ugly all, all throughout for the Kings, but like De'Aaron Fox just like just perfectly kind of symbolized what this game was. Just you know, tough shots. Like you know, he can get his get a shot off, but then just play, like it, when his shot isn't falling, he's not going to do anything on the other end to make up for it. And that was kind of the first. That was kind of the first half. There was about a two-minute stretch. Let's see if I can find. The, let me let me take a look at the play-by-play. God damn! I should have pulled. I should have had this pulled up. Just, I'm just so kind of shell shocked by this game and uh, forgot to pull it up. So let's let me look at the stretch. <laughs> yeah. So about so right around two minutes. Okay. So. Right around the three-minute mark, uh, it is 48-65. 48-65. And th- basically, for the next... God damn it. ES- That's why I hate ESPN. Like, they'll play their videos and it resets, your, resets the uh, screen. Um, anyways. So, it is 48-65 at 319. The, the Kings would not score until the 142 mark. Um... And basically, during this time, the Cavs went from 65 points, or yeah, 65 points, all the way, all the way to 75, just without any sort of any real resistance. And during the stretch, like remember the bum rushing I was talking about from De'Aaron Fox? He he basically did that a few times, and either he would get blocked or he would pass it off for a dunk, and that would get blocked. And then it would just come right back for a three or a layup or a dunk. 
there was just there was basically nothing in between um jenny osmond basically completely like went nuclear during this run i think he had three straight three i know at least two straight but i think he had three straight and at that point there this kind of symbolized like how this game was going there are around 50 seconds left De'Aaron fox kind of just dripped kind of just dribbles up and just basically looking like he's waiting for a screen but everyone is just kind of standing there and not knowing what's going on or they're just completely dejected and you read the uh, you kind of read the body language of fox and he's like what the fuck is this and he manages to actually score on it and then um, you know they come back they they just kind of darius garland jacks up a terrible three air balls and again you look at the body language no one is has any urgency to move up and they just slowly, slowly walk across the lane, or walk across, walk, walk across half court. Jesus, I'm flubbing my words right now. Just walk across half court, and and they, I think they turned it over. But you look again, look at the body language. Everyone is just done, like on the Kings. They were just completely dejected. No energy. No, no sense of urgency. They had given up. And they walk into the walk into halftime, down, <clears throat> down 81-52. Yes, that is a 29-point lead. For better or for worse, that is the that is as big of the lead I got. So there, that, there's something there. And the the half the half ended with the Kings shooting 39.6% from the field and 20% from three. I think they were three for 15 if I remember right. While the Cavs. We're shooting 61% from the field, 61.2 actually, and 50% from three. And if I remember right, it was seven for 14 was the was the number. So that basically symbolized the entire game. Shots weren't falling for the Kings, and they were just letting the Caps getting get whatever the fuck they wanted. Yep, at that point, I I was just, I was completely done with this team. And yeah, man, kind of had a kind of had an out and that I had to go eat, so I had to turn off the broadcast anyways. I come back, it's around two minutes left in the third. They had they had managed to actually cut de- cut the lead down to around, I want to say, 15 or 16. And like that, and at that point, they kind of looped me in a little bit. Now, um, right as I turned the game back on, Dave, it, it was a lineup of Davion, uh, Buddy, Terrence Davis, Chemezi Metsu, and Damian Jones. And always remember what I say about guys like Metu and Damian Jones. Now, Metu has Metu got a DMP the past few games because I guess his run is just over and it's just not working. And I, I kind of get why he's he's just not really a starter. But you you can talk me into some Benjamin Benjamin is for him. But Damian Jones shows up again, and he is just out there doing stuff. Like you know, he really managed to gobble up quite a few rebounds. Like you know, tough rebounds no less. And also just, you know, an energizer bunny on the other end. Just trying to trying to lob, lob dunk just about everything and destroy <laughs> destroy the rim at any chance he gets. I like the so they play and they manage to just kind of slowly cut into the lead. And going into the fourth, they managed to actually draw four fouls on the Cavs by the 10-24 mark. And basically we're in the bonus for the rest of the <clears throat> for the rest of the quarter. And they slowly chip away at the lead to the point where the Kings got within seven after a Damian Jones and one with six minutes to go. And it was it was something special because <clears throat> like one thing that 
one thing the kings don't always show is like they don't show fight i mean as soon as it like got above like 16 or 20 and you know got for fucking christ it got up to 29 i was completely checked out like you know i have no faith in the kings to put together consistent stops and they were never going to come back but they managed to kind of prove me wrong they actually managed to cut it all the way to within seven and honestly it was a rough it was like it looked bad for the Cavs. Like, Darius Garland makes a layup like the on the next play, but like the Kings, I mean the Cavs, they were they were feeling tight in their throats. It was what I wrote here. And luckily, <clears throat> like Ricky Rubio hits two huge threes to basically kind of like give the Cavs enough breathing room to pull away. But uh, before that, it was it, it looked tight. It, it looked like they were gonna give this game away. And this this is kind of reminiscent of the kind of Suns game, like. You know, the Kings showed fight with, like, the bench unit, and they managed to find something with that, within that bench unit. And it ha- if only the starters had just played, you know, even just bad. They played, instead, they played terrible. Like, if the, if, if the starters were just okay or just, you know, regular bad, the Kings very much could have walked away with this game. You know, it would have been, it wouldn't have been pretty, and... You know, I could, I probably would have been here saying, like, they probably didn't deserve to win that game. But hell, a win's a win. But instead, this is what we got. The starters played like shit. De'Aaron Fox, like, De'Aaron Fox, like, didn't really enter the game in after, like, midway through the third quarter. And, yeah, um, this is just kind of showing, like, this team, some players have to fight in them. And some players, you know, just didn't. And... You know, as much shit as I give uh, Buddy Heald, like, he he was a plus 11, and he was part of that lineup that kind of got the team back. Like, you know, defensive, like, defensive issues aside, like, he showed he showed a bit of fight. And Davion showed fight. Chimezi Metu and Damian Jones, I always say, they cherished their minutes, and they showed fight. They fought back. And, you know, Terrence Davis came off the bench today. Like, you know, he showed fight. It's, it's just... Like, some guys have it and some guys don't. And it's just one of those things where, you know, you really do have to take a hard look at this team. And you just have to kind of, like, take a look at, like, who like who has it? Who wants it? And in this game, like, it, it wasn't the starters. The starters just didn't have it this game. And they kind of just laid down and died while the bench, like, you know, got a shout out to Davion. Like, he... he like he never let that deter him he was always gonna play hard and like he just and it's just good to see from that from the bench unit but the starters were just so bad this game man you know there there needs to be some sort of reshuffling (laughs) um well that's about really the only good thing to take away from this game um my ultimate conclusion from this game is that trades trades will need to happen and you know december 15 is coming and I don't know if a trade's gonna happen like you know it's it's not like the it's not like the you know the start of free agency it's just the deadline where a lot of players are eligible to trade it but it doesn't really mean that there's gonna be a deal right on right on December 15th and you know we'll have to see like how things play out like I'm still I still want a Ben Simmons trade to the Kings somehow it's gonna be tough because I I doubt they want Buddy Heald I doubt they want Marvin Bagley and honestly De'Aaron Fox doesn't make all that much sense anymore now that they have Tyrese Maxey unless they want to swap those guys which that would be a weird that would be actually be a, a weird move honestly but like Ben Simmons 
it, I think could help this team just because he, you know, what he brings is defense, and this and this team desperately needs it. And of course, like my biggest deterrent from just trading away De'Aaron is that you're going to lose a lot of offense, and you know, it's just sometimes like his offense doesn't make up for his god awful defense like that he showed this game. And this, again, again, the frustrating thing with De'Aaron, we know he can be good. He, I don't want to say locked up Paul George, but he did a great job on Paul George. Just made him into a playmaker. And, you know, like, I don't know why he doesn't bring it. Like, you know, he wasn't doing well on offense. Try to affect the, the game in other ways. But he just doesn't seem to have it within him to do it. Or just this too cool for school mentality that he seems to have is just, we can't have that. Like, you know, when the team is, you know, spiraling out of control, somebody needs to take control. And, you know, it either needs to be Tyrese or it needs to be De'Aaron. And it wasn't De'Aaron in this game. And it wasn't Tyrese much either. And that's just, that's just terrible. Um, just a terrible loss. And honestly, makes the Hornets loss all that hurt all that much more. Just because that was a game we should have won with Cody Martin just kind of, you know, really being really dumb and just fouling Fox at the end. But like, he got away with it. And... Yeah, now the Kings are now, you know, heading into Toronto, like, having lost two. Look, like, let's see if the starters can bring the energy, or are they just going to come out flat again like they did this game? Like, who knows? Um, yeah, it's just another kind of harsh reality is that th- while this team does have individually talented players, the sum of the parts don't fit together, and they are not greater than the sum of their parts. And that's just, and that's just the reality of it. And, you know, a trade to just shake up a little bit of the core, whether or not, whether that's like trading away Barn, trading away Buddy, maybe like, God forbid, trading away one of, you know, Fox, Fox, uh, Halliburton or Davion. Like, that's just, it, it's gonna, it's gonna need to come with one of those guys. And, you know, we'll, we'll see like what, what happens with the trades. It, it's just clear that this, this team doesn't work together, but you know, a, a good shake up, I think you can. Um, like, you know, I, I hate to bag on him as much as I do, but like, you know, getting, you know, trading away buddy to, to another situation and getting a piece back might just help this team, even though you are losing, you are losing probably one of the better shooters in the league, but like, you know, it, it just might lift a cloud that's still on this team. Um, you know, ironically, the, I think of the trade that brought Rudy Gates to Sacramento, like, like that. Like that trade, even though they, even though Toronto gave up Rudy Gay, like their best player at the time, like it opened up like doors for other guys to take over, like Demar Derozan and Kyle Lowry, and you know the cloud got lifted up over them, and it's just, you know, like maybe like hopefully there's an effect like that when the Kings trade away one of their core pieces. It's not that like they're bad players or they're being toxic in the locker room. This is this team just doesn't play well together. You know, one piece that gets moved and you bring back another piece can really help um, and really help this team kind of get back on track. And, you know, like um, James Ham and like a lot of Kings Twitter, they're talking a lot about Sabonis. They're talking a lot about Miles Turner. Like some something needs to happen and we shall see what happens. As it stands right now, this team doesn't look like it's even capable of making the play in it is how bad things are. And... You know, it's not the end of the world, but like if this this version of the Kings is simply doesn't deserve to make the play in even. Like it's it's gotten that bad. Ugh. Okay. Well, um just the just 
pretty long episode I think this is going to end up being. Um, you know, it's too bad um, that the Kings lost both of these back-to-backs. Like, one was right there for the taking, and this one arguably could have been for the taking had, had the Stars not played so terribly. So, hopefully, although I'm, I'm not going to bank on it, like, maybe, maybe they come out stronger against uh, the Toronto Raptors, who, you know, Raptors are a good team. They have they have good players and like they have crazy amounts of length, and that unfortunately is one of the Kings' Achilles main Achilles heels. I'll just say, and uh, yeah, hopefully they can kind of bring it together, but I highly doubt it in Toronto. And then they come back against I believe Washington, and uh, yeah, that's gonna be a fucking adventure too. And yeah, I mean we Kings fans got a little high. Um, you know we had a we had a we had a moment. We had a three-game winning streak, but it's very likely we're going to go on a three-game losing or possibly even a four-game losing streak. Hell, this could go up to five, six, whatever. And uh, that's just the life of a Kings fan, unfortunately. Um, okay, well, I'm sorry for that somber ending, but so such is the life of a Kings fan who just had to watch just them getting absolutely shellacked by Cleveland and, you know... I mean, granted, like, they did end somewhat somewhat nicely, but at the same time, it, it wasn't enough to make up for, you know, for, what was it, 36 minutes of garbage that I had to watch, so, yeah, uh, so, okay, well, uh, I'll catch you guys back on Monday, Fong should be back, um, he should be back from his vacation soon, so you'll be hearing him as well. Um, as it stands right now, the Kings are 11 and 16, and I believe they are going to be out of the play-in. I think the Blazers move in. Let me check. Yes, um, Blazers just move in by default. That's funny. <laughs> Minnesota's also kind of um, tumbling a little bit. Everyone's kind of been on a losing streak, but you know, God forbid the Kings might actually make it by default. For all we know, <laughs> the West is a complete mess. Okay. Um, thank you guys for listening. I'll catch you guys back on Monday after the Raptors game.